Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Vince DiBenedetto is the founder of Automated Dreams, a marketing automation firm that focuses on providing strategy and building business systems for the solopreneur to enterprise-level companies that allow for greater scalability and easier growth. The company's services and expertise give brands the ability to shift their employee efforts more to value-added and fulfilling work through the implementation of a smarter tech stack that automates the mundane, repetitive, and human-error-prone tasks and systems. For Vince, it's all about working smarter, not harder. Welcome to Integrate and Ignite, Vince. I'm so excited to be here, Lori. I'm excited to have you. Today, we're going to talk all about conversational marketing. Before we get there, tell us a little bit more about your journey. Oh, yeah, it's been quite a journey. So I started Automated Dreams um, sort of as a a freelancer and solopreneur myself back in October 2017, um, aimed at just, you know, putting together this puzzle that everyone has as a business and building upon it, you know, through marketing automation, what are the systems that run your business? And really quickly, I found out I can't be an expert in everything. Um, So that's how I built my team. I built my team around each different area of marketing automation that we serve. And today we have a team of 25. That's um, awesome. So, yeah, I love that. Exciting. And what is it that differentiates your, I mean, we're going to talk um, a, a lot about creating conversations through the funnel, but before we get there, what is it that differentiates your marketing automation system from the plethora of systems that are out there? Yeah, I don't necessarily have a, a system. Um, so each client that comes through, like I, I realize that each business is is it's not a one size fits all when it comes to the solutions we implement or advocate for. Um, and so we come in, we we go over goals and objectives of the organization, how they want to scale, and look at their current tech stack to see what's holding them back. And uh, we co- we come up with something collaboratively that is going to fit them as a business for the next five to ten years. Um, and so, you know, I started uh, my company being an Entreport expert, um, but we work with all kinds of tools, um, HubSpot, Entreport, Salesforce, ActiveCampaign, uh, you name it. So we're, we're really agnostic when it comes to the tools to get you there, uh, because I realized that, again, not every tool is right for every business. Well, and I love it because ultimately, you know, having a, a company such as Automated Dreams help determine what the tech stack should be, which is, I think, one of the most difficult components. You're almost, you know, like a McKinsey, only in a very, very niche area of marketing automation, uh, which I I think, um, you know, is is a niche in and itself and a real point of differentiation. I appreciate you clarifying that for us. Okay, so today's goal is to really, really define for our audience, um, not only what conversational marketing is, but some of the best practices you've seen, Vince, along the way, of um, not only the brands that you've worked on, but but the business as well. So out of the shoot, define conversational marketing for us. Yeah. So, I mean, conversational marketing, it's um, uh, now we have new channels to speak through to our customers. Before it was more of a, you know, as a company, what do we want to tell our customers? Um, and, you know, we didn't really have room or the capability or technology to actually have a conversation at scale with our consumers, with our audience, with their prospects. And so conversational marketing lets you at scale have conversations with your customers throughout the whole life cycle, throughout the whole journey. 
Um, and that can be done through live chat, chatbots, voice assistants, AI, whatever. But it's it's a it's a true conversation and it's actually at scale. Yeah, and at scale is important just based on what can happen overnight uh, with something that may hit the market or you know something called COVID and the effect that it had uh, you know on on colleges and communication with with colleges. So chatbots and these sort of tools um, certainly help brands deliver. Um, that top-notch service that, and solution, quite frankly, that they know that they need to do. Um, so conversational marketing, as you've noted in the past, it was very, uh, you know, delivered, you know, from a human standpoint. And now so much of it is monitored and delivered with technology. Where do you see the biggest rift, if you will, in a streamlined process happening for customers and maintaining high touch which is so important for them. I think one of the biggest um, pushbacks I get when you know when I when I speak to companies looking to potentially implement some sort of conversational marketing component uh, is that it doesn't feel very personal, and they're like, "It's not going to work for my um, audience. My audience is older. My audience they really just want to talk to somebody." And, and and really, you know, the the evidence suggests that people just want an answer and they want it fast <laughs> um, yeah. and they want the right answer. So, uh, yeah, I don't care if I have to speak to somebody. I don't care if a bot gives it to me. I just want the right answer. And I don't want to go through this telephone tree of, of things only to be, you know, on hold for 15 minutes. So the, these technologies that we can implement in chat marketing allow us to give consumers the answer faster. Well, and faster is the name of the game. I There was a story that hit this morning. Uh, it was either through, I think it was through the Wall Street Journal, that 3% of IRS calls right now are actually communicated via a live human being. The other 97% is automated. There's no conversation taking place because no automation exists. So it goes to show you that there's truly a need for it as, as companies scale back you know, tele, you know, to their telecommunications teams, um, this really does need to move in and create a better customer um, experience. Yeah. I mean, we had a prospect come to us and they absolutely, um, you know, blew up in their expansion during COVID. And, you know, they went from, from one full-time customer support agent to about 30 of them spending $60,000 a month. And mostly the reason why their, their team was this big is they were just answering frequently asked questions, but at scale. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, well, this is a really easy use case for, for chat marketing. Like we have these, you know, 40 frequently asked questions. Let's just put it in a bot. Let's make it smart. Let's integrate it into the rest of our tech stack. So if someone says, you know, where's my order or how much longer, or, you know, where is this in the, in the design phase, the bot can answer, um, and so, you know, effectively, we could cut their customer support costs by half um, yeah. within a month. And you brought up an interesting point uh, about, I guess, five minutes ago during our conversation, and that was age um, and that really conversational marketing um, is does not preclude any age from ultimately benefiting from it. And, and, you know, the first thing that we think of, of course, are the boomers, right, um, that they may just not want to engage with a bot um, but again, that instant gratification, they defined instant gratification with, with websites, right? You know, 25, yeah. 30 years ago. So you you do feel um, based on the topic, I'm sure uh, that there are some topics that are, you know, ultimately with that audience in particular, better spoken um, than truly through a chat bot. But what have you found, you know, with that audience uh, regarding my, my comment here? 
Yeah, it's really funny because when I go back through, you know, live chat transcripts um, between a bot and a person, 95% of the time, you know, if it's implemented correctly, you know, we implement AI via Dialogflow or IBM Watson, the person has no idea it's a bot. Yeah. <laughs> no idea whatsoever. And I've seen some saying, hey, I think this is a bot, but I got my answer. <laughs> um, so they, they don't care. Yeah, they, they don't know and they don't care. That's the thing. They get really frustrated when it doesn't work, though. Um, and they think it's just some human being being stupid. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> no, no yeah, it's we, Watson. We've really, yeah, yeah, we've really advanced in the way AI can help us um, in these conversations. So it's no longer, you know, put up five buttons and which of the five buttons, you know, is, is what you need help with. It's like actually like I can type in, you know, with typos and all of that. And the system will actually know what I'm uh, intending to ask for. That's fantastic. So we're going to dive into some do's um, and don'ts. Actually, we're going to reverse that. We're going to dive into some don'ts and do's um, today regarding conversational marketing. Uh, We've got four don'ts. The first one is don't treat it like email marketing. Yeah, um, I think a lot of our customers and a lot of people treat it like email marketing right out of the gate uh, because, number one, they don't know much about conversational marketing, but they do know it works for them with email marketing. And the problem with email marketing is you basically have one chance, you write it and you hit send and you can't take it back. Um, And so you're just really, you're talking at someone versus engaging in a conversation. So yeah, email marketing is not meant uh, to be as a conversational tool. And it's interesting because even though email marketing has become more personal, it is not nearly as detailed and personal as conversational marketing can and should be. Right. I mean, if someone sends you a a two paragraph email, that's, you know, acceptable. But if someone sends you a two to three paragraph text, you're like, oh, no, am I getting broken up with? What did I do wrong? Right. Um, and, And again, like, you know, what what gives you the right to be in someone's inbox with all this text? Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's the wrong platform. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. And now, uh, the second point here is don't start with something new and unproven. Yeah. Um, so chat marketing works really well. Um, but just think of chat as another channel to your marketing tech stack. And so really what you want is you want quick wins right out of the gate to prove that it's the tool that's, you know, right for your current marketing campaigns, um, and going forward. So, just with any sort of marketing campaign, if you try something new, you don't really have benchmarks. You don't know what to expect. And so if you're trying something new with chat marketing, you don't know what to expect and it might not work out well. And it's probably not the fact that it's chat. It's probably the fact that it's not a great marketing campaign. Um, so when when we hop in and implement uh, conversational marketing, um, we always say, great, what do you have currently going on in your marketing campaign? And let's try to beat it or let's try to beat those benchmarks and numbers with chat marketing. Yeah, I um, love that. And nine times out of ten, we beat it. Yeah, I would imagine. So do you have a, a specific client example um, that you can share with us there? Yeah, I mean, our very first chatbot with a, a, a company at scale was, um, if, if, if y'all are familiar with the PLF funnel by Jeff Walker, where it's you basically are launching a shopping cart after four videos. And I believe it's, it's a daily drip of videos, but people can't move at their own pace. I said, okay, well... Uh, let's look at your current ROI on marketing spend. And this client was spending $1,000 and only getting back $250 of that marketing spend. Wow. Um, and let's put it into chat marketing and let's allow people to move through at the pace that they want to. And simply after 30 days, we saw a 6x ROI increase. Um, so they were getting about $1,250 back for every 1000 they were sending. 
And that was simply just because we changed uh, the way we communicated this funnel and allowed more flexibility because the chat marketing tool allows more flexibility. Yeah, and I think flexibility, there's no doubt about it, is key. And, you know, point number three here is don't forget that it's a conversation, which really you've just mentioned, and and don't just talk at someone. That's where, you know, the human touch um, and the, in the, the strength of a chat um, ultimately becoming smarter with better data really helps uh, fine-tune that message. Yeah, I mean, in particular, Facebook, people get mad at Facebook because with, with chat marketing... Um, how do I not get super technical here? <laughs> so <laughs> there's a 24 hour window with Facebook when someone engages with your bot that you have the ability to communicate with them about anything. Um, after that 24 hour window, if someone doesn't engage with you, you can't engage back unless you pay for it. <laughs> mm. um, but it's really to sort of guard the experience of Facebook Messenger. Um, and within those 24 hour hours, we've seen a lot of customers say, great, let's send a message every hour until they buy. And I'm like, you're going to get blocked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, if anyway, like if, you know, some crazy person added you and started sending messages after message, like, hey, buy this, hey, click this, hey, buy this, like you'd block them pretty fast. And um, there's less leeway with brands on, on Facebook. Um, so it's, if you're going to be in someone's inbox, then be prepared to have a conversation. Uh, don't, don't just block promotional messages. How long does it take the bot to ultimately, you know, gain momentum and strength? Um, so it depends how you're driving traffic to it. Of course, paid traffic is going to be the fastest. <laughs> uh, and with Facebook, we call it the messenger conversation. I believe now Facebook is still subsidizing it. So on average, it costs a tenth of the cost it would to just drive to a regular link um, or a landing page. So that's the quickest way to start building some momentum. I guess significant momentum Um you could see within a few hours, honestly. Really? Wow. Now, do you see that based on the price of the item and how high touch the solution may be? So let's think, you know, an expensive car versus a, you know, an investment of, you know, or hiring an investment broker, <laughs> Uh, maybe those are two very diverse examples on how a chatbot could be utilized with either one of those sorts of, of products or or solutions. Yeah, so it all comes back to what what is like the success criteria of the bot. What what is the ultimate goal of the bot? And for some customers, it's not to drive sales; it's to drive bookings. It's to protect their email list and to only push in qualified leads. And so the bots use as like a segmentation tool. And one of the most simplest bots um, we work with Grant Cardone at Cardone Ventures, and it asks a few questions and then pushes them to book with a coach. Um, and their products range from ten to one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow! Um, and, and you know that bot's been working for a year and a half now. I love it Be because one would presume that the more "quote unquote" high touch or white glove, truly the more smiling and dialing you know is needed. And you're proving something very different here, which I think is really compelling uh, for our listeners today. Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I mean, real quick, I mean, I see sure. these ads all the time and I get reached on LinkedIn like, hey, how would you like to have 15 calls a day? I'm like, please, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, give me two calls that are actually qualified um, and not not 15 that I have to weed through myself. So the bot's a really great tool at weeding through for you. Oh, I love it. The fourth and final don't is don't keep it separate from the rest of your tech stack. 
Yeah, um, I think that goes back to, uh, it sort of integrates with don't start with something new and unproven. Um, you know, integrate it with the rest of your marketing campaigns, treat it as another communication channel. Uh, and so if you're truly going for that omni-channel approach, make sure that it actually fits into your omni-channel marketing strategy. Yeah, I love it. Okay, now we're going to move into the do's. Do combine it with your email and SMS uh, marketing strategies. Yeah, I guess that's almost the same as the last don't. <laughs> it's okay. We're going to dive into it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, some people, um, like for me, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm pretty young, and you think that I uh, respond well through SMS, but I absolutely do not. Um, and so like email is the way to get me. So when I say combining with email, SMS and chat, the more channels you're on, uh, the more likely you are to hit people where they want to be, or the more likely you're, you're opening a conversation with people the way they want to be spoken to. You know, I'm sure our audience is wondering by now, before we get to the rest of the dues, but how much does it cost to ultimately implement a chat program, uh, within, you know, a current marketing communications uh, initiative that may be in force? Yeah, so it depends on the tool. Um, I prefer a tool called ManyChat just because it piggybacks off of Facebook Messenger's API. And so anyone that has Facebook Messenger, which is, I think, around 1.4 billion people in the world right now, <laughs> uh, and now they're, they're integrating it with WhatsApp and Instagram to work the same way. Um, yeah, we, we use ManyChat, and ManyChat starts off at $10 for 500 subscribers. That's so, great. Yeah, compared to like an, a MailChimp or another email marketing platform with all the bells and whistles, it's, it's quite inexpensive. Now, as brands evolve, and uh, let's say you've got four or five different solutions that are pretty steadfast versus a retail brand who may have 20 different promotions a year, what advice do you provide that retail brand on how ultimately the chatbot can quickly ascertain and adapt to, uh, you know, a new promotion in market that may only be there for 48 hours. Yeah. A great example is, is a, a previous client of ours called Yes2 Skincare. They have eight franchises uh, of, of their brands. And so you may have seen that target at Walmart, like Yes2 Cucumber, Yes2 Carrot, Yes2 oh, Tomatoes. Yeah. yeah. Each of those franchises is for a different type of, of skin, um, right? You know, dry or oily or, or flaky or sensitive or... Um, and so what we did for them is, you know, we created a an intake flow that was, you know, what does your skin say about your personality? Um, so it wasn't another boring, like, you know, what's your skin type and what's the best thing for you? So we made it a little more fun and interactive. And really what that told us was like this, this prospect right now, out of which eight of these franchises do they fit in? And so if they fit in, you know, um, the oily skin bucket, we know that for our, for our future communication, for our future pushes and marketing campaigns, we're only going to push products that pertain to them. Um, and so we're able to segment our marketing efforts that way uh, using chat. Um, and, you know, that, that's across hundreds of SKUs. Yeah, I, it's, it, it truly is amazing. I, I love it. Um, the, the next do is do read out loud before you hit publish. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'll be surprised people write stuff. And I'm like, did you read this out loud? They're like, no. I'm like, okay, read it out loud. They're like, yeah, that sounds really weird. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> would, would you text your friend like that? Uh, no, yeah. probably not. <laughs> so it's just, um, that's the best way to establish your conversational marketing copywriting voice is to read it out loud. Like, does it sound weird? If it sounds weird, then it's going to come across as weird and and not hit with your market. 
Now, how does a chatbot respond to tonality within a brand? Yeah, so <laughs> you know, if if we've got um, a brand, for instance, that is just a really bold approach with their tonality, uh-huh. can how does the chat bot pick up, you know, the tonality of the brand? I mean, so we we code in all that language beforehand, so it's up to the customer to choose how they want their brand voice to be on a conversation, like in a conversational marketing um, channel. You know, we've, we've had brands say, yeah, I want this to be like a sassy, sarcastic bot. I'm like, perfect, we, we can do that. So yeah, it's really, really flexible. Uh, I don't think there's any sort of limitations there. It's fantastic to know because I don't think most brands, uh, you know, as the marketers within the brand actually think that far, you know, down the communication or conversation that they want to take place, um, that they can add that tone in there, which is really important. It's interesting because, you know, I am a shopaholic. I, you know, I do not want any sort of cookies to go away in my life because I love being introduced to new brands. Right. Right. But, you know, I, I see the same tone and almost the same response from multiple brands out there when, you know, ultimately the conversation is taking place. Right. Yeah, it's I great. think that's okay. just, yeah, I think that's just people being a bit lazy. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, number three is do always make sure you ask for the audience's email and phone number. Yeah. So here it's really important because um, I previously touched on in particular with Facebook Messenger or even with like a chatbot tool like HubSpot. Um, once they hit your, your site for HubSpot and they don't give you your email or phone number, you have no way of following up with them. Right. Unless it's through like a pixel and so you're spending money on retargeting ads. But with Facebook, you have a 24-hour window and once that 24-hour window closes, you can pay Facebook to, to send a message. Or if you have their email and phone number, um, you effectively own that data. And, you know, with email and and SMS marketing, you can reach out as many times as you want until they stop and unsubscribe. Well, Um, quite frankly, that's a real common theme that we're talking about right now. And and I just brought it up with, you know, the fact that cookies, although it's getting pushed out quite a ways at at this stage, mm -hmm. but we have to take ownership of our own data again and really work hard to make sure that we've captured it so that we can continue the outbound marketing um, that we're so reliant upon, you know, the mass, you know, media outlets there right now. Exactly. Yeah. And and also the, the important thing here, too, is you can use email and SMS to drive uh, traffic back to your bot. So once that 24 hour window closes, it's not the end of the world for you. If you send an email saying, yeah, Hey, Lori, I have a few questions for you. Um, just want to follow up on the last conversation, click here to continue that conversation. You click there, it opens the bot and we continue that conversation. And that 24 hour window opens up again. I love it. And the final do is do keep it brief. Yep. So yeah, we, we've had customers send message after message after message. Um, and I'm like, you realize that's that's five pings um, uninterrupted. And that's five pings on my laptop, five pings on my, my cell phone, five pings on my Apple Watch and my iPad. You're going to get blocked. Um, so it's like, how, how, can, how can we keep the conversation as brief and concise as possible and allow for user input? Um, that's another big mistake is people don't allow for user input. So it's like, I have a lot to say. Let me just push all this out and then ask you. Um, but it becomes really overwhelming when you uh, don't keep things brief. Well, I tell you, those don'ts and do's are a real value to our audience and to me today as well. I, I appreciate the insight there. So there's several takeaways. Um, 
you know, know that you don't have to start big to have an impact. And even the smallest baby step forward is, you know, the right conversation to ultimately be adding to your tech stack uh, to create a more you know, engaging client interaction. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the mistake I would make is I get really excited about this and like, what, what big bot can we build? And, you know, it takes three, four or five months to build. And I'm like, actually, what can we build in a matter of a week and push out and then build upon that? Um, because that's when you start seeing some small, small results that tend to compound um, versus waiting five, six months to see if something that you built is actually going to work. Yeah, I love it. I think that is very, very sound advice. There's no doubt about it. We're talking about conversational marketing today. At the end of the day, it's all about converting leads via dialogue-driven activities. Vince, thank you so much for your appearance on the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Thank you so much. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avasetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.